please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Good morning. It's time for this week's Elder Law Report for this Friday, February 26, 2016. I'm Milton Baker, and my pleasure to introduce the host of today's show, as he is each week, Mr. Greg McIntyre and co-host Hayden Soloway. So we'll send it to the big studio where you can watch on our studio camera at ktcbroadcasting.com or listen here on the radio. Good morning, folks, and... Uh, it's yours to take now. Okay. Good morning. This is Greg McIntyre, the Elder Law Guy, with McIntyre Elder Law, here for the Elder Law Report. I so enjoy doing this show every single week, and it's back. To, it's good to be back to you live this week, coming from uh, KTC Broadcasting, big old country into your living room or on your porch drinking coffee with us. Uh, Hayden was just saying this morning how she just so thoroughly enjoys meeting the people that uh, listen to the show, that everywhere we go we have people coming up, that they listen to the show. And I'm, I'm just, you know, the fact that anybody wants to listen to anything I have to say amazes me, and, and I love it. So thank you for hanging in there. Um, I know you want to listen to Hayden, and I know you want to listen to John Yurchek. Uh, I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, no. Hayden, I've fallen. Help me up. I'll always help you, Greg. Will you help me? Yeah. But that's a big deal, isn't it? That's a, we know, yes. we all know that from the what is it, Lifeline or Life Alert things mm-hmm. that back in the day. Yeah, right. that, those commercials. But we're going to talk about falls today. Falls are a big deal. Don't fall. Uh, falls can put you in a nursing home. Falls can 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 keep you from keeping an active and healthy lifestyle. And I cannot wait to introduce and get into our the meat of our topic this morning, which is don't fall. Avoid falls as seniors and strategies to do that, how they can affect you, and why it's just so important to stay active and ambulatory as you age. Ambulatory means walking around, right? And, 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 and even more than that. And uh, just has, I think John just has some unique insight. Um, he's with Healthy at Home and has just a great... Uh, history in physical therapy and senior health care, um, and, and we'll get into his story shortly. Uh, but first, let's time. It's time for Hayden's corner. No one puts Hayden in the corner except for the Elder Law Report. Um, so, Hayden, what's going on today? Well, I looked for happy news. I googled what's what happy news today and things like this and find things of interest but all i could find was politics i'm just about up to here you can't see but way up to here up to where politics just barely breathing you're boiling over with politics <sighs> yes and so are you saying we fighting. are or we are not talking about politics we are not talking about we know i'm not allowed to talk about politics okay we're not oh have that's I, right have you been barred from talking <laughs> yes. about politics yes okay. And Let's just for say, good reason. It's been an interesting. I mean, I watched a little bit of that debate last night, and I thought, uh, I thought there was going to be a brawl on stage at one point. Oh, I wow. wanted to see. I wanted them to just have a rest. I think we should have a a wrestling match and see see who wins. I know it, it's it's almost embarrassing the way they go at each is other. Is it? I think it it's is awesome. to me. If you oh, look, I know. You know, you, I hear you, people say that. But you love that. to watch a good. Oh fight. man, I get into it. And and look at the uh, 
the history of our country and how politics were way back when, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. It's always been this way. In fact, it was nastier. Didn't we have a, pres- didn't we have a president killed in a duel? Yeah. Aaron Burr? He wasn't a president. Whatever. <laughs> a political figure killed in yeah, a duel? It was, it was I think it was what probably was ever politics. I don't know. I anyway. Just, I just memorized the presidents, and he wasn't on my list. Fine, Hayden. All right, Hayden's here to keep me in check this morning. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's run for president, Hayden. Well, I told you, Greg, I'd support you in office. You're more of a libertarian than I am. Okay. I don't know about you. What does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm a little pretty, bit pretty of much, everything. Pretty much you think people ought to be able to make their own decisions. Yes, I do. And, I'm, yeah, I'm be responsible power for themselves. To the people. I'm yeah. very much power to the people. Yeah. But, but as far as politically, you're, you're very much, um, uh, whoever the person is, you base your opinion on who that person is, which okay. is a good way to go. Okay. So, so, yes, so I'm running for president. Please yeah. vote Please for vote Greg, Greg. McIntyre. Don't even vote for me. Vote for... Uh, vote for the elder law report. Just write us in on the ballot. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Abe? Well, I, I usually have my three to five minutes talk, and I think I'd like to devote my time to John. I have heard him speak, and I have uh, parents, and we're working on uh, fixing their floors and doing some things there to make it safe for them because none of us want to lose my parents. They're the greatest ever and my kids and grandkids love them so i want to hear everything he has to say so can i defer my three minutes to john can you in the uh, speaking public can you seed your seed thank you your time yes to the gentleman on my right on your right okay all right so we'll do that so uh again John, your check, like your check is in the mail. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That, that's just correct. Okay. And, and Hayden, those are kind words. Thank you for uh, uh, ceding your time to me today. Yeah. All right. So, so John, um, what's, uh, what's your background? Why, why should we listen to what you have to say about falls? So my background is in physical therapy. Um, I have a master's degree in physical therapy and have been practicing uh, for the past 17 years. Um, mostly in the home health, uh, senior care, geriatric population. Um, and recently, within the past two years, um, I'm now the rehab director for Healthy at Home. Uh, that's our organization with eight branches um, over about 20 counties here in the Piedmont of North Carolina. And my responsibility is some program development, evidence-based uh, research programs so we can provide the best possible care to our patients at home. Okay. That's 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 interesting. And... and uh, so what brings you to Western North Carolina, and are you from are you from this area to begin with? I grew up in Maryland, actually, okay. um, and uh, went to school in northeastern Pennsylvania, where I met my wife from New York, and uh, I thought I enjoyed the cold weather, skiing, until I went up to upstate New York, and then we beat a path down to North Carolina <laughs> as quick as we could. Ran to North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So uh, actually, I got my start in Shelby. Um, and uh, ran a, uh, a small clinic in Shelby and began uh, what was uh, Cleveland Home Health at the time and right, seeing some, some patients for Cleveland Home Health and found that I, I just loved home health and the individual care uh, that we could provide patients um, in, a, in a very um, unique setting in, in their own home. Um, so once I, I found that and did that part-time, I, I took it on full-time and worked for Cleveland Home Health for about five years and then uh, transitioned to the Charlotte uh, market and had been there for about 10 years uh, with uh, Charlotte Home Care uh, through the uh, Carolina's health care system. 
through Carolina's Healthcare. Okay. Uh, very, very, you guys have a few resources over there at Carolina's Healthcare? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, we're over 50,000 teammates strong, um, have uh, deep resources to uh, draw upon, whether it's our physicians, our Carolina's Rehab Network, Continuing Care, our hospitals. So uh, we really do have um, fantastic resources for, for our patients. And uh, our, our term, our saying is, Patients first always, and I think we, um, all of our teammates truly believe that. Well, good, good, great. And right now, your primary job responsibilities for uh, healthy, I'm sorry, for healthy at home, correct? Yes. What are those? So primarily, um, I'm in charge of making sure we have standard evidence-based, research-based practice across our uh, therapists, whether that's the physical therapist, occupational therapist, or speech therapist, that we're really looking at current research um, evidence and making sure we have the most current, up-to-date programs that we can have instead of 125 independent practitioners over 20 counties, that we can provide the same level of service and care to every patient, no matter where they might live. Absolutely. And delivering in-home services, as you touched on, I think is much the wave of the future. Um, I have worked with uh, people in the home healthcare industry for a long time now. Um, and it's amazing, even ICU level care that can be delivered right in someone's living room right now. Um, and going where someone's comfortable, that's just extremely important, and thank you for what you did. Um, well, thank you, Greg, and, and I would agree with you. That That's the wave of the future is uh, in the home. Um, what we can do now, whether that's IV uh, infusions in the home, uh, we have telemonitors that can monitor people's uh, vital signs remotely and have a nurse be, be watching them even when we're not visiting, um, telehealth, uh, those types of things that uh, leveraging that technology to provide more and more services in the home uh, is the wave of the future. Okay. Um, just to update, I just got handed something from Milton just to interject. Milton, what did you just hand me? A uh, little history uh, information there, Greg. Are you giving me a history lesson this morning? I gave you 15 pages on the Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton. It was deb- Alexander ha- Hamilton, right? Yeah. The Aaron that's Burr, right. Alexander Hamilton duel. duel. Now, that's a way to solve a political dispute or a <laughs> dispute is let's go shoot it out on the front lawn, okay? Uh, so, anyway, thank you. Uh, maybe we'll have you give an update on that situation shortly, okay? If you could be ready for that shortly. Can you do that for an me? An update as to uh, Just who, give who us a little background on it okay. what what happened so we can clarify that. Okay. I always like to clear up my mistakes, and I like to, uh, to learn a little something in the process, okay? Okay. All right. I'll be ready. Thank you, Milton. I appreciate that. Okay? And back to John Yurchek. Um, in talking about falls and focusing on falls, falls for me... Uh, I learned that they were extremely important in doing research like Milton is doing right now. Um, uh, And because I I was looking into senior living facilities and communities, I was looking into specifically Crystal Springs, which is a local development. Don Peeler, I think, Hayden, does that development or is the developer there across from the senior center in Shelby, North Carolina, Crystal Springs. They have townhouses there that are flat entirely. 
and 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 it just amazed me at the technology and the thought that goes into making a senior independent living house okay that you can buy uh, from front porch to patio that is flat that is a no step community is what they're called no step community and I'd it's like not to senior living it's called active older adult actually they don't they don't right. like that that term senior living that it's an active older adult and it's meant to keep everyone extremely active as they age aging in place is something you referred to which is also something that's that's new that we're going to talk about uh, or a newer newer term with construction that we're going to talk about um and the longer you can stay active even lips go in the front door or between rooms that are little raises, differences in elevation of the floor levels. Those things can trip you up literally and put you in on a couch or a hospital bed or in a nursing home for an extended period of time. A broken hip can do that. A, a concussion can do that. And I know we're going to let the expert, John Yurchek, tell us a little bit more about that now. Well, Greg, it doesn't, it doesn't take much at all. The Americans Disability Act defines a trip hazard of a quarter inch. Uh, that's all it takes. So we're talking about the, an eraser head on the end of a pencil, just something that uh, – so it, even the, the, the door jams, um, getting rid of those, it, it can be as simple as going from a kitchen floor to a carpeted service with, with a thick nap of, of carpet. So it doesn't take much to catch that foot. Um, so uh, an architectural assessment, um, having someone look at that environment and make recommendations um, is, is really important. Um, even when you have the construction uh, that has been um, set up to, to have everything the way it should be, and you, as you said, aging in place, but if people go in and end up putting throw rugs down or, or different kind of decor, um, they could be setting themselves up for a trip or a fall without even knowing it. You know, I probably trip and fall on a daily basis, okay? Just, you know, or over my words or, you know, make a mistake, whatever. Hayden's uh, mad at me right now over the Aaron Burr thing. We're going to clear that up. Um, and But why is it important? Why is it so important as a senior, okay, uh, as you age to avoid a trip or a fall? How can that affect you? Well, um, first thing is I'd like to say that falling is not a normal part of aging. Uh, I think some people just become, uh, feel that, well, I've got, I reached a certain age, this is just normal. And, and I would just say that it's not, that we can't be apathetic to this, this cause. Um, and if you do uh, get injured, especially a fractured hip, the mortality rate uh, of that is extremely high, even within the first year. So the prevention is um, the best cure for that, it is not falling in the first place. Um, a statistic that, that comes to mind that really opened my eyes is senior adults, uh, those 65 years of age or older, are 16 times more likely to end up admitted to the ER or uh, hospital uh, than those younger from a car accident. So you think of all the different types of things we do to motor vehicles from airbags and seat belts and speed limits and now the cars even direct themselves if you veer off the road. Um, so we do all those things to protect ourselves from injury and hospitalization uh, from a wreck, but what are we doing for our seniors when they're 16 times more likely to be injured and hospitalized from a fall? And you can, well, what can we do? What well, can we do to just make sure that, that uh, not to make, we can never make sure, but we can minimize 
we can put those seatbelts and airbags in our life so we can still live a full life, but uh, but stay healthy and, and, and avoid those broken hips. Absolutely. And, and the environment, the architecture is certainly a big component of that, as you touched on. But there are a lot of other risk factors that we look at. So when we're talking about falls, there's, there's two categories, your modifiable risk factors and your non-modifiable. So non-modifiable may be your age. It may be um, your race, your cognitive level. You can't change those types of things. But what we can do is look at those modifiable risk factors. So there's going to be muscle weakness, especially lower extremity muscle weakness, what we call polypharmacy. So that's taking four more medications at one time. Um, visual deficits. Um, has your eye prescription been updated within the last year? Um, and vision is so important as it relates to falls. Uh, so those types of things, environment, um, postural hypertension, if your pr blood pressure is dropping when you stand up, uh, and also um, any medical history that, that might be important, um, including symptoms of depression. Uh, a diagnosis of depression actually raises your fall risk by 50%, just the diagnosis in itself. And that doesn't include some of the symptoms of depression that you may become sedentary and inactive, and that leads to weakness um, down the road. That, that, that was a lot of information. And that is, I want to go back and visit that a little bit. Sure. You talked about um, modifiable and non-modifiable risk factors and polypharmacy, a couple of just, uh, uh, and visual deficits. So, so, so those things, let's talk about visual deficits first. Um, obviously, to be able to see your obstacles and your hazards or to see the, the change in the floor uh, elevation is extremely important. Um, what are some of the things we can do uh, to deal with that or to cope with that? I mean, we talked about, you said that even the color of carpet is extremely important. Sure. And why is that? Well, as we age, sometimes we have difficulty seeing contrasts. So if, if everything in your house is white, you may not see that door jam or the lip of the stair. You can't see the, the depth perception may not be there. So a, a simple solution that we have is a lot of our therapists carry uh, that high glow neon duct tape. Uh, and they'll put little uh, tape along the edges of those um, raises, whether it's a door jam or stair. Um, our occupational therapist, if you think about your microwave at home, uh, and this isn't necessarily falls, but everything's gray on white. It's very difficult to see those numbers on a microwave, so they will highlight those numbers so that um, our patients can see to uh, use their microwave better. Uh, as far as vision and falls, you really have three different systems in your body to, to keep you from falling. Um, one is your nervous system. It's going to tell you where your body is in space. The other is your equilibrium, your, equal, uh, your inner ear. And the third is your vision. So if you can't see, you've already taken a third of your um, compensation techniques for balance away. Uh, so keeping lights on at nighttime and nightlight, uh, making sure your eyeglasses are up to their prescription, or at least even putting them on. A lot of people get up in the middle of the night and not bother with their glasses, and then they can't see those things that they did during the daytime. So vision has a huge impact on balance. Um, you know, as a physical therapist, a lot of what I do is, is work on strengthening, but that's not all we're talking about with falls. We had a, a patient who kept falling the exact same time every day. And we just could not figure it out. We were working on these exercises, strengthening balance. So we called our occupational therapist teammate in, and they were able to, to discern that this patient was making her cup of tea in the afternoon at the same time, 
and it just so happens the sun was coming in through the window and shining off some stainless steel appliances and causing a glare. The occupational therapist shut the blinds and the fall stopped. <laughs> so sometimes it's, it's thinking outside the box and using those resources that we have and, and looking things a little bit different um, from the perspective of, of a different discipline, uh, not necessarily uh, just strength and exercise all the time. Can I ask a question? Are there people who will come out and look at a senior's home and make suggestions about how to arrange just about that. the can furniture and things like that? Yes. Are there people who do this? So I can tell you from a home health perspective, it's something we do for every single patient. It's part of our admission or our evaluation process. Uh, to qualify for something like that, you have to be considered homebound. It's got to be difficult for you to uh, leave the home, and there's regulations uh, regarding that type of thing. If, if you're not homebound, I'm not aware of a, a specific organization that, that would do that and do a home assessment. Um, it, it usually is done by a physical or occupational therapist, so I'm not sure of a, an outpatient department that might come out or if there's a um, local agency that does that sort of thing. I just imagine an entire new industry that is a much need that needs to a need that needs to be filled, a problem yeah. that needs to be solved. There should be, you know, if you're a senior out there listening and you've got a son or daughter who's who has a passion for working with seniors, you know, from construction, remodeling to assessments, mm -hmm. you know, you need to take assessment of that. So let's go. And that'd be a great thing if we could have someone, and we'll look for that. Let's look for that, Hayden. If you'll make a note, let's see if there's somebody out there that we can follow up and give some information that could come out and, and make some recommendations along those lines, okay? Right. Because so, my, I have my, my aunt and uncle both had falls recently. She, he caused her fall because she was trying to pick him up because he fell and broke his hip and his arm. If she broke her arm, my parents both have had, well, my mother has had two falls. So they're not homebound. They are, do have trouble getting in and out. But that's a need. It really is. I, I agree with you. I think, I think there's a big gap. Um, and 75% of the falls happen at home. So that, that's the best place to really do that assessment. Um, and, and even if they fail and, and go to the ER, a lot of times they're discharged home and, and follow back up with their, their physician, but no one's really looking at what's happening in that environment where the fall happened in the first place. But an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, a neat little saying, but also the truth and, you know, looking at preventative uh, steps, that would be... Uh, amazing and should be your slogan if you start doing that job so um, three things that can help your vision and remember with visual deficits I'm just going to recap briefly there are three systems that play I'm sorry with with falls there are three systems that, that play at play with your balance uh, with avoiding falls and that's the nervous system your equilibrium and your vision so if your vision goes or is degraded, that's a third of your ability to deal with walking and not falling, okay? And three things, we're on threes today, can help you avoid uh, falling and help with your vision. That's one, night lights. Don't get up and have a dark house, get out of bed and try to make it to the bathroom or to the kitchen. Have a night light in place that will guide your path. Um, vision, make sure that your glasses you know, you're up to date. Uh, it's the right prescription. So see your eye doctor or, or uh, you know, have your vision checked regularly. 
and then um, tweaks to your environment. And that's what we were hitting on toward the end there. Consult an expert. I bet you you could call Healthy at Home and they would help you with some tips and tricks, and we'll work on that. If someone needed your services, someone needed help with rehabilitation, or just had questions on, hey, how can I avoid falls? How can we uh, make our uh, environment safer? And just wanted to hear you, maybe we could even organize a seminar for you full of people mm-hmm. just from that, that have this need and need to hear you talk. Um, how would they get in touch with you, John? Sure. Well, I guess there's two answers to that. One, if they if they needed our, our services, um, it has to be from a physician referral. So whether they're the hospital, if they're in the hospital, that, that would be taken care of on that level. If they're seeing their, their primary care physician, uh, they could discuss those options with him and uh, him or her. And, and really, like I mentioned, there's certain regulations to be qualified for home health um, by insurance plans. So the, the physician would know if they would qualify or not, and then they could make the referral to, to home health. Um, as far as, as just getting in touch with me, um, you could reach me at, at my, um, my office. That's 704-591-9287. Um, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that I can or, or point you in the right direction. John, you've got a book here. And I've, it, you gave me the first time I ever heard you speak. And I was going through the book as fast as I can trying to absorb everything. And thank you for my copy of this. Is this available anywhere? What's the name of that book? The name of it is The Better Balanced Patient Handbook. And it has page after page and chapter after chapter. And there are lists here of what you don't know. You know, my favorite thing is you don't know what you don't know. And these are checklists of things like, did you know this? And it's just unbelievable just the information that's just on those things alone sure can people get this or that is really um one of those standardized programs those evidence-based programs that that i had referenced earlier so it's not just for uh, necessarily public consumption it really has um needs to have a therapist kind of lead the way. Um, We do certain tests to test for mobility, for balance, for strength, um, and that's how we guide the plan after that. Mm -hmm. So um, to really participate in that Better Balance program or have that patient handbook, it really needs to be through um, the the physical therapist. But as far as the did you know sections, like you mentioned, it's got some interesting tidbits in there. Really? Just a couple of my favorites. um, We talked about medications or or polypharmacy, that Mm -hmm. multiple medications. And I think the most interesting one there is um, sedating over-the-counter medications. So that's anything with the PM in it, um, and it's basically Benadryl. That's, that's sedating medicine. You'll reduce your fall risk by 66% um, if you stop taking those or reduce taking those. What people don't understand is they'll take those maybe at 10 o'clock at night to help them fall asleep, and then maybe at midnight they've got to get up and use the restroom. Well, they're still sedated. You know, that's going to act for four to six hours. So now they're sedated and trying to get up in the dark and and end up falling. Um, I had wondered if maybe the depression diagnosis had something to do, the fall risk goes up 50% with perhaps medications that can flow from a diagnosis for depression. I, I don't know. So that that's a, a that touchy that's a touchy subject, and sure. I'll leave that to the physicians to we'll really weigh the, the the risk benefit because okay. um, 
a lot of medicines have side effects. Well, all medicines have side effects. Sure. And you really have to decide um, what's most beneficial for that individual. So I, I, I think that's outside my scope of practice uh, to determine those kind of things. But uh, a physician certainly taking your medications to your physician and, and reviewing them uh, regularly um, and asking questions, uh, I think, is the most beneficial when you're, when you're talking about that. Cost-benefit analysis maybe with your physician on the pros and cons, and, and just just so you know, so you, so you know what you don't know, mm-hmm. right? Right. My lovely daughter-in-law is a pharmacist and the pharmacy manager at a local Ingalls, and she's really helped me a lot by telling me things that are you know factors. Uh, one thing, memory loss. I've you know learned a little bit about that because I noticed I wasn't remembering as well, and she helped me with that. And I think it's going to make a difference. But I wanted to ask you about something. Uh, I, we don't have enough time. We could sit here with you. We can do two, for two, two hours shows. easily. In fact, I'm going to call this part one. We'll try to follow okay. up with a part two. We I do encores with our guests regularly. Plus, stay tuned. You can go to uh, we're live on Periscope right now. If you're mm-hmm. listening at Lawyer Greg, just go to our Twitter feed, click in there. Uh, and you can pop up the pop up in the Periscope and watch a video of it. We're going to have the after party afterwards. If John, can you hang out and talk to us a little bit after the show? Sure, absolutely. We'll, we'll go through some of those things. And you know what? That might develop into a part two of the radio show. We'll follow up on falls. Um, hate to cut you off there. Please finish uh, or continue, Hayden. And and I, you know, because I have so many questions on. Mm. So what are the results of the falls? What? How does it decrease uh, quality of life? Uh, you know. You know, I think I know the common sense answers, but I think John probably has a lot better insight to that. Well, one of the things that you mentioned, and it has made a difference in my father's life, you talked about how inactivity decreases your strength. Mm-hmm. My father was in the hospital for six days and never left the bed. Mm-hmm. They would not allow him to get up, and he wanted to get up. And I guess it was fear of him falling in, in the hospital and there being a liability issue. But after I heard you, the next time, and, and this is, he's been this, through this same thing three times. It's not a result of fall. It's a result of all of a sudden memory loss, mm-hmm. just he can't finish sentences. After that first time, I told my sister who admitted him, tell them to get him out of bed. You know, don't let him remain in the bed because he became almost in a fetal position after the six days. Sure. He got to rehab and bam. So inactivity. Do you have any percentages and how it decreases your strength? Sure. Uh, it's been it's been said that for every day you spend in bed, in the, in the hospital bed, you lose 5% of your strength. Mm-hmm. So in, in your father's – father-in-law, father? Not my father. Your father. In your father's case, six days in the hospital would reduce his strength by, by 30%. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even take into consider consideration any of the, the medical problems that, that might have been associated with that hospitalization. Mm-hmm. So you can certainly come home from that in a severely weakened condition that's going to set you up for – Four falls. Well, that made a difference because he had a very short stay the next time. Thank you so much, Hayden, for co-hosting today and for the great interaction and for hosting Keeping Me Straight today. Thank you, John, for coming in. John, uh, with Healthy at Home. John, your check, like like paycheck, get your paycheck. Uh, call John your check. And uh, just great information about how to avoid falls um, and how it affects seniors um, I would like to have you back for a part two. You okay with that? Absolutely, Greg. Let's That'd be do great. It. Let's do it. We'll organize it. Um, and this has been the Elder Law Report. But before we leave, Milton, set me straight.
All right, you want you want all the information I can give you on the Burr Hamilton duel? All we have time for. Uh, there's a lot, but I, I'll I'll do a quick little uh, synopsis of it. The Burr Hamilton duel was, of course, between two prominent American politicians: the former Secretary of the Treasury Alexander Hamilton and sitting Vice President Aaron Burr on July 11, 1804. The duel was the culmination of a long and bitter rivalry between the two men. At Weehawken, New Jersey, Burr shot and mortally wounded Hamilton. Hamilton was carried to the home of William Bayard on the Manhattan shore where he died the next day. Now, there's a lot of reasons why the two men didn't like each other, and I won't go into all of that, but it's still discussed to this day, still a popular uh, uh, topic of conversation. And in 2004, for the duel's bicentennial anniversary, Ken of Burr and Hamilton held a reenactment of the famous duel near the Hudson River. In the reenactment, Douglas Hamilton, fifth great-grandson of Alexander Hamilton, faced Antonio Burr, a descendant of Burr's, Aaron Burr's cousin. More than a 1,000 people attended the reenactment, including an estimated 60 descendants of Hamilton and 40 members of the Aaron Burr Association. That is a very good history lesson. You never know what you're going to get on the McIntyre Elder Law. I'm sorry, the Elder Law Report. Um, And uh, Milton, you know what? Yes, sir. How dare you correct me? I challenge you to a duel. (laughs) I challenge you to a duel. Bang, bang, bang. Can I say one thing? Yes. Can I say one thing? My one of my ancestors was fought in the last legal duel in the state of North Carolina Mm -hmm. and lost. Yeah. Okay. And lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you don't want to be the loser of that election. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, Milton. Okay. Thank you, John. Thank you, Hayden. Tune in next week where we're going to have a hot topic next week. I'm going to interview the world-renowned expert, Tifa Snow, on dementia and Alzheimer's. It's amazing what she has to say. I cannot wait for it. Check out the after party on on mcelderlaw.com on our webpage. Click on the Elder Law TV link. That will be up later today, okay? Thanks, Milton. All right. Until next week. Thank you, Milton. You're welcome. And that is the Elder Law Report for today. It's Friday, February 26, 2016. And we uh, hope you enjoyed the program. Join us again next time. I love your station. I love you guys. You guys are the best. They go country. WHS Shelby, WLO in Lincoln, WCSL, Cherryville, Gastonia. It's. Life is busy, we all know. We put off planning till things get slow. Tomorrow's never promised today. Don't get too busy and let it all slip away. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Foundational planning or more complex. Help when you're perplexed If a loved one needs long-term care We can help avoid some of the scare Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law Estate planning benefits and even probate We take the planning piece off your plate If you or your spouse were in the military